the job done. All we need is for Sundowns to draw, lose, Pirates to win, and the league is ours. We have painted Orlando Stadium black. We are taking this league. Today is the day. We are lifting the league up the box. Two hours later. Hey, disappointing end, guys. Uh, unfortunately, Sundowns did beat Free State Stars, despite Pirates playing their hearts off. I mean, this is that must be possibly the best Pirates game I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Possibly the best Pirates game I've seen in a long time. Uh, I mean, the goals were excellent. The goals were really on Barcelona level, you know, but wasn't to be unlucky. The guys played all season. The guys played all season and it just didn't fall their way. So, yeah, congrats, Sundowns, PSL champs back to back. And I guess uh, next season for Pirates. But yeah, it was a good fight, gents. Good, good fight. Really good game. And hey, man, hopefully, maybe there's an appeal with the whole Sundown situation. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there. But I'm proud of the boys. They really played well. Good game. Good spirits. Three goals. I'm going home happy. I mean, we lost to a very good team in the end in terms of the league. You know, congrats to Sundowns. Big up. Up the pucks. Hello and welcome to Pitch Invasion, the Champions Edition. And uh, if your team isn't a champion by this stage, yeah, then forget about it. Wait until this time next year as well. So congratulations to Mamelodi Sundowns in South African football and of course Liverpool. Haha, <laughs> no. Manchester City in England. Sorry, that was aimed at Imika and all Liverpool fans who were talking about hashtag 19. It's not going to happen here. Not while Manchester City are alive. I'm very happy to say that. Terrible to say it as a United fan, but still very happy indeed. And a lot to talk about today, uh, including what has happened in South African football with a certain a big team. Well, I, I don't know if they still are. Uh, finishing ninth. Uh, a, another big team finishing second, um, having claimed that they've won the, the title about a month ago. Uh, there's still a lot to talk about uh, in that uh, sense as well uh, with the Lando Pirates because who knows, by this time next week, they might be crowned champions of the football field. But uh, we'll touch on that and so much more on uh, today's episode. Just to remind you, my name is Luazi Skobo. Kona Magwaza coming in from behind, starts up. Uh, my name is Emeka Inyadike. Um, it's season is over and not on top of the table, but it's okay. Empty-handed. We go, we go again. June one, come on. Empty-handed. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that had Virgil Van Dijk in goals and he was saving. Uh, uh, I thought it was a free kick or something. And the question was, what can't Virgil Van Dijk do? And the answer was, win the league. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Don't let worry. me not laugh. Let me not let me not laugh. Still, 20 times English champions, Manchester United. Anyway, let's start with the drama that took place the final day of the Absa Premiership. Mamelodi Sundowns in the Bethlehem, Orlando Pirates at home against uh, Polokwane City. And uh, Ola keeps going on about, oh yes, you know, great game. We scored three goals, best game that Pirates have played all season. I'm saying to you, you're playing against the Polokwane City side that had already confirmed their top eight status. They started their third choice goalkeeper. So of course you're going to have fun watching your team no, play, no, no, no. play end of season all, football. It was end of season football, man. It was end of season season football where Pirates needed to win and hopefully Sundowns draw. So oh, there was a lot, was a lot at stake. It wasn't as basic as, you know, you, you put it out there to be. I mean, there was really a lot to play for. And I mean, 
credit to Pirates. I mean, for them, that was a cup final, essentially. And, well, you know, they needed to... Cup finals, the last one, they played their loss to Morocco as well. So yeah, I, I, yeah. Today, I'm not I back. I know. I'm but, not um, back today. You know, they needed to put out a, a strong finish. Look, it was also the final game of the season at home as well. So, you know, you also want to send off the home crowd, you know, in the last game at home with yeah. something to cheer about. And the goals were fantastic. I mean, Vincent Pule's goal, to be honest with you, for me, that is a serious contender for goal, if not, if not goal of the season, right? At least it has to be in there for the Puskas Award. That goal was Puskas incredible. Award. Yes, ah, I'm putting guys, that in there. See what I mean? Yes, I'm putting Vincent <laughs> Pulis' goal team in the Puskas Award. Second. They clutch at straws. How did that And Puskas? I mean, you should have seen the, the atmosphere at the stadium ah, because guys. we're sitting there, we're watching the game <laughs> and we had our phones on live score trying yeah. to check, you know, did Sundown score? You know, what's the score? And then, you know, they scored uh, apparently one minute before <laughs> halftime and everybody was like, damn it. And then there was a big cheer because we all thought uh, Free State Stars had scored and everybody was going nuts and then come to find out that the goal was ruled offside. And I still haven't seen that, so I need to see <laughs> if that really was offside. But, you know, credit, like I said, to Sundowns. I mean, they really, um, you know, they were fighting on all fronts with also the Cav Champions League and they went to the wire with both trophies. And, you know, I think I have to take my hat off to Pizzo Musuman. And, you know, I was critical of Pizzo at the Bafana job, but you know, over the year, years since he's uh, left that post, I've come to see that the Bafana job is more complex than it seems on the, you know, from the outside. It doesn't seem like the coach has full autonomy to sort of make his decisions and you know put his place, uh, you know, his plans in play yeah. and so forth. So maybe he was hamstrung a bit in the Bafana setup, and maybe his coaching genius couldn't come out. But since he's come to Sundowns, I mean. The guys, you know, won Champions League and nearly got, you know, another star there. And you have to take your hat off to him because I think when you look at the context of South African football, I mean, half of our coaches are foreign foot uh, coaches. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some of our most successful coaches are foreign coaches. And here's a South African coach who's leading the line from the front with success, with organization, stability. I mean, we see coaches getting fired within two minutes of walking into a door in South Africa. And Pizzo has stood the test of time. And this, to me, honestly, elevates him on a level that I think, you know, you can put him up there with the Ted Dimitris who've won titles with Pirates and mm. Sundowns. This puts him up there. I mean, I saw reports already with some of the big teams in Africa yeah. hunting Bizzo. And, and, that's, and that's the thing about him. I mean, I was about to add uh, to say that as well. He's earned the respect of the continent. I mean, you see now when Sundowns go and play in the Kev Champions League, they play in you know, North Africa or West Africa or wherever they play. Uh, Bizzo Mosimane is, is a man that they take seriously now and his tactics, his teams. And that's, again, that's something you can credit Peter Hosemani was doing uh, during this time at Sundowns. Again, champion of I got, South Africa. I, I tell you what, I got um, a couple of weeks ago, I got a call from, from a friend of mine who's uh, an, an agent in in uh, in Europe. He's in Scandinavia and he was asking for, uh, after Pizzo. Mm. Um, you know, what what is the... What, you want him to go coach Vikings FC? Well, I don't know, but I mean, the, the thing is, I, I didn't ask him any questions. I just, he just wanted to know what my thoughts were, if you, you know, how, and I, and I said, you know, he's, I told him what, what he's achieved in, in Africa. And, uh, you know, to, to win the league the way he did, competing, because, you know, in the past, the, the Champions League used to be played in such a way that, you know, you, you, you had time to play it and, and, and skip. Yeah. But now, you know, it's almost integrated into the, into the league season. So yeah. it's, it was a really, really tough 
um, run for sundowns and they kept their nerves um, through it all. And I, I, I want to ask a question. If, if, if we can spend 10 seconds just trying to look back on the season and trying to understand where and how they won it, what, what would you sort of pick? What was the one defining moment? October against Bidfitz Fitz. That's where Mamelodi Sundowns <laughs> won this title. Let's oh, get that clear. The Pirates fans. They won that title oh, when they played Bidfitz Fitz. That's exactly where it is. I've answered that question. That's where they won the title. Why, why is it that, that nobody said anything about it until now? That's my thing. Because that's the thing, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it's, it really brings a big question mark on. Um, some of this drama, which is why we we we're where we are. Yeah. You know, for two seasons running, we've had cases of of you know people in authority not being able to take the early decisions in the mm. league, and it's something that you don't see with either the Bundesliga or any of those leagues. And for the quality of the PSL, we yeah. need to ensure that going into next season, they need to look at the, the rules again and say, rules are rules. If you break them. You break them. Yeah, you yeah. pay. You know. Does does I, mean, I just thought about something now? Does I mean we we, we saw that uh, that issue with uh, Bloom Celtic and Cape Town City? How quickly it was resolved with Celtic? Ten days. Fans. Now, can we read too much into the fact that the teams that have been involved in these sagas over the past two seasons have? just so happened to involve some of the big, bigger sort of stakeholders in South African football in terms of the personnel, the individual personnel? You know what, you could look into it, but I think at the end of the day, it just boils down to a rule has been broken, punishment has to be served, mm. right? And we just don't know anything at this point in time in terms of, I just want to see the rule. That, that's it. Yeah. I, I, that's all I've been asking for is to see the rule because my other... Um, let me just say, the other thing that worries me more about uh, this situation is the angle of Bidvestvitz. Because, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that that result goes to them yeah. as a 3-0 win, yeah. right? And giving Vitz the three points, let's say that decision was made some two months ago. I mean, if you had given them three points, who knows? Maybe they get boosted and they think, guys, we're still in this. Yeah. And they play even better. But they're not saying anything. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really a tough one for me. I mean, you add add the, the two points, I guess that they they would have gotten from that decision. And then the Champions League, plus, possibly. Plus that that distant well, that goal that should have been given against SuperSport United, then they are top of the table. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I hear exactly what she's saying. But uh, look, in looking to I guess maybe deal with the confusion that uh, not only us but pretty much the majority of South African football is still uh, currently experiencing. We've got a man on the line, Smusiso uh, Dube, who is a lawyer and uh, deals with uh, disputes, if I'm not mistaken, Smusiso. And uh, we just want you to uh, just to clarify for us where exactly it is that we stand with this situation because we heard rumours that there was meant to be a hearing on Friday before the end of the season. It didn't happen. But as it stands, Mamelodi Sundowns are champions of the league. But there is a rumour, there is also a fear that that could change. Sure, gents. Thanks for having me, man. Um, I think I think essentially right now the entire country is still confused mm. uh, as to what exactly the position is, because as you well know, um, or as you mentioned already, the appeal to Safa was supposed to take place last week Friday. Yeah. Um, however, Safa felt that the appeal was not urgent. And they didn't need to deal with it on an urgent basis wow. because the PSL had taken so long uh, to actually do anything about the matter. So essentially, 
if there was any urgency, it was self-created. Mm. So sitting here today, the question really is, now that we know the results, now that we can see the log, and Sundowns is ahead of Pirates by two points, mm. you know, is there any merit in really proceeding with that appeal and insisting that points should be deducted from Mamelodi Sundowns or is it a situation of just letting it be? You know, yeah. the season has ended. Let things be. Vits are not fighting this. Uh, pirates are not fighting this officially. <laughs> yeah, not officially. Um, yeah, I'm glad you keep saying that. <laughs> but Spusiso, can I ask something? Yeah, I, I just want to find out something. You know, you said something interesting, uh, you know, regarding the urgency and, you know, letting this be. They didn't let it be because Sundowns will find 250000 So, yeah. w- w- so what is the basis of that fine? Because I now want to know, and I'm asking this as a Pirates fan, right? I now want to know, yeah. what is the basis of fining them, right? So, they've yeah. broken a rule. So the yeah. rule, does the rule state that they should only be fined? All right. So if you look at the National Soccer League rules, as well as the National Soccer League handbook, which is essentially what governs what happens in our soccer, they don't prescribe a mandatory sanction for the offense that was committed by Sundowns. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are no mandatory sanctions except where there's misconduct against match officials. So the rules will say something along the lines of um, the disciplinary committee can impose any one or a combination of the following. And then it will lift the sanctions. And the sanction that it's listed, which is applicable here, would have been a fine. Okay. But so, now, but now yeah, so, what about the fact that, you know, there was an ineligible player? Because I think that's the key thing here is that, you know, an ineligible player played. I mean, ineligible could be a guy that's suspended, guy that's not registered, you know, a a guy that's not on the team sheet. So is there anything in the rule book regarding that? Yeah. Right. And and I assume you're asking that because of what happened to AX Cape Town last year. Mm. Now... Yeah. So, So the rule book does not say anything specific, right? It just lists the contravention. So this is the contravention. You need to have 18 players. You need to submit a list of 18 players 60 minutes prior to kickoff. And that list cannot be altered. Right. So that's what they've contravened. And as a result, they then field someone who was sitting on the stands and not on the list. And but, which then makes him an illegible player what, 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 for that particular game. Sorry so to butt into this. Right. Yeah. I, I hear that. So the rule says you cannot field an illegible player for whatever reason. What is the or else? What is the repercussion if you do? That is, I think, that's the key the thing. So each case will be decided on its own particular circumstances. Mm. There's no one and for all, you know, Um mm. And from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like the PSL DC is bound by previous decisions. So they look at each case based on the circumstances of that case. But I think what's important to note here is that there's quite a material difference between this case and the AX case. Mm. Okay. Uh, It makes makes a good sense that, uh, and uh, I mean, uh, just based on your professional uh, uh, sort of point of view, is this something that yeah. is worth uh, uh, following up on? Is this something that the PSL 
um, you know, is it worth them following up on, again, based on the fact that the season has come to an end? And uh, despite yeah. if they did follow it up and the decision they make, let's say it does go Pirates' way, the bitter, the absolute bitter yeah, taste yeah. would leave uh, on South African football as a whole. Is it something that you feel is, is worth yeah. being followed up? Yeah. So, what's the reason behind the PSL pursuing this in the first place? Yeah. So, if they pursuing this from a principal point of view, where they feel that, look, um, this team didn't deserve to win that game, then they should still pursue it, irregardless or irrespective of um, what the end result is going to be. Mm. But what's going to be what's going to be interesting is the PSL is pursuing the angle of points being deducted from sundowns yeah. which is different from sundowns forfeiting the game mm. now i think it's 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 going to be very difficult to justify why points should be deducted at the very least or at the most what i think needs to happen if the psl were to be successful for me the worst case scenario is sundowns forfeits the game against wits and that only results in one point being deducted from them and they still win the league anyway but it, it seems as if what the PSL is pushing for is points to be deducted, mm. which could mean that it's more than one point that is deducted. But again, that's that's going to be very difficult. Uh, and if we look at the AX game once again, you know, AX forfeited their game where they fielded an in, ineligible player. Yeah. So at worst, turndowns should forfeit that game, which would mean one point is deducted. They still win the league anyway. Yeah. And I mean, actually, uh, yeah. it's a great point you make there because I was going to ask about the, the fact that it wasn't a win for Sundowns on the day, it was a point. So, again, at the very least, they should take a point away from them, the point that they got from the game, and not three. Um, yeah, you know, which, not three. Yeah, if they did take the point away, it, Sundowns would still win the league. So I, I tell you why I disagree with that. I tell you why I disagree with that. Please tell us, um, Pirates fan. Right. You know, for me, <laughs> right... Look, there's a reason why they called up Wayne Aronson there. He's a defender. So his presence oh, in no, hang on. his presence in a drawn game could be the reason why Vitz didn't score, right? And he's one of their best defenders. So for me, I'm looking at it at this angle that if Wayne Aronson had come on in the last four minutes of the game or in extra time for Pistol to hold on to a draw, I can understand that. But the guy played the game in an influential position that stops the opposition from scoring. Right? Uh, and that's fine. Yeah. And, and that's fine. And that's why I make the point that at worst, Sundowns should forfeit this game. And them forfeiting this game means they lose one point. Verts win 3 0. It doesn't change the league. No, we, we, we want them to... We need three points. Of course points, you yeah. we, do. We need of three points. We need them to lose. You're literally bringing your arsenalisms into this into this Pirates, you know, picture. But uh, I think... Uh, so thank you very much for, again, uh, just uh, sharing some light as far as this uh, is concerned. And we certainly hope that the, uh, those who are listening, um, you know, they, they get a bit more clarity as well. Because, again, it's still just terribly confusing. Uh, but uh, after, you know, listening to you, we certainly are in a better position uh, going forward. Uh, thanks once again. And uh, I just want to ask you before we let you go, are you invested in uh, 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 English football as far as your team, your favorite team in England? <laughs> 
Oh, please, let's not go there. Okay. Okay. So that's I, I, six, sixth place. Goodbye, sixth place. <laughs> Goodbye, sixth place. <laughs> Are you a United fan? Goodbye, sixth place. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, so, oh, so, so no. I die with you, man. I die with you, as am I. But it's okay. It's okay. Thank you. you know, all, your opi- all your opinion from, from earlier have become null and void. Thank you very much, Musi. So great chatting and catching up with you. All right. Thanks, Jen. All right. Thanks, Jens. Cheers. Uh, that is Musiso Dube and certainly has put us in a much better place when it comes to this dispute. As, uh, you know, uh, well, I say us, uh, probably Mika and myself, as far as Ola is concerned, is still fighting tooth and nail. For three points, please. For three points. It's not going to happen, Ola. You guys were destined to finish second once again. You are listening to the Pitch Invasion podcast, the podcast for football tribalists. Now, on the other side of the standings in the Absa Premiership, uh, there was, what, five teams going to the final day who could have all ended up being relegated. In the end, it was meant to be free state stars. I'm not sure I saw that one coming, but uh, they are no more in South Africa's top flight. I, I honestly didn't even see free state stars on the radar of relegation, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm busy there, you know, worrying about Black Leopards, Cheaper, Marysburg. and Maritzburg. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, before you know it, I didn't even bother to look at the permutation of free state stars if yeah. they lose. Because no, they, I'm were thinking... they were there. They were there. The thing was just simply that um, there was, especially when when the the it, their final fixture was against Sundowns, who needed to win to to. And before that, they yeah. played uh, the Pirates. Yes. Yeah, that's so, so And Black know. Leopards also as well, yeah. remember. But the Black Leopards result also hinged mm. on them as well. Mm. So I honestly didn't see the free state um coming. And you know what? I have to give praise to Eric Tinkler because I mean the guy literally came in as a dead man walking. Yeah. You know, because that job, you know, he was pronounced dead upon arrival. And you know, for the turnaround he's done, I mean they went a good spell where they hadn't lost. And I mean in the last three games where they knew that listen, if we lose today we're yeah. out. I haven't seen Maritzburg not only play like that, but the crowd that turned up. Yeah. You ask yourself, where was this the whole season, guys? And obviously they're not out of the woods yet because they still have to go through a playoff. But I mean that's a lot better than automatic relegation. And Chiba United, hey, I mean what? They started off the season before the first game with like two, three coaches, <laughs> and you know, they're ending the season, you know still in yeah. uh, the PSL that yeah. is another great escape for them Black Leopards I think them surviving was also big you know because that fan base in Toronto was a mm. great um, atmosphere there so them surviving and giving the growth of, of Limpopo for yes you know and I, I just fear can I give you a premonition here I, I just fear that free state stars go down and then this talks of Morocco Swallows coming back and buying their status you know, comes up again, and then that's the end of Free State Stars. Because that's what they threatened last time, but Free State Stars survived. And I think that is going to possibly come back again with, you know, a possible... You know, take over somewhere. And, and if you and if you think about it, before we touch on Maxburg a bit more, th- there's now rumors of Ajax wanting to buy Bloom Celtic, which means if that goes through, then literally Bloemfontein all of a sudden has absolutely no team. And that's a disaster because I mean, in, in, in but I, I wonder why anyone would want to do that because I mean, Celtic's just. But I mean, they're not being run properly. I think that's well, just a big issue. Well, I mean, look, find investors into the the, mm. the city. That's for me. Um, before this Sundowns resurgence, yeah. uh, Bloemfontein Celtic were the team, yeah. you know, outside of Paris and, and Chiefs with the magical fan base. Yeah. And, and you know, it goes to, to what I, I keep saying about African teams and their inability to embrace fan engagement. Mm. Because it's, 
you know, people don't realize that um, Kaiser Chiefs and Pirates, uh, they won the World Fan Engagement when they had to go to the townships and go around and, and create local supporter base and, and all of that. But in the era and age of digital media, um, you've got to be able to, to take it a step further. And, and I haven't seen Celtic do, do that. Um, and I mean, here's the other disappointing thing with Celtic. I mean, this is the module that I like uh, in America. And, you know, I think they also adopted in, in the UK where the dual sports cities, you know, or the multi-sport cities. I mean, rugby in the free state is, is massive. And I'm thinking to myself, is there no way they could have pulled some of that fan base in the rugby community? Hey, you know, we've also got a decent soccer team in here. Come and watch, come and support. And I mean, I, I look I, at... I, I, don't, I don't think they needed to do that. Yeah. But to expand, Celtic, to expand Celtic, that, that Celtic base... Celtic has a base, and they have people who do not even live in, in the free state, who, because how far is the free state from, from Houteng? You know, it's got a border. Like four or five hours. So pe people do not realize how much you can engage with, with fans. If I grew up in the free state, and I live in Johannesburg, and you know, that was the team I was supporting. Yeah. That the way I can connect to them is is is, is via via the social networks. If you look at the connection that the African fans of Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, they were as they were as engaged with the team and all the happenings from the final day of the Premier League as the fans that were there. You know, I, I remember looking at, at the build-up and there was two fans that, that that flew from South Africa. And they said, they, they, they spoke to them at, at, at Anfield, outside the stadium, and they said they flew 17 hours to get there. Only to watch no trophy. <laughs> no, I mean, the point I'm making is that that's how you connect with your fans. You'll have fans who will say, OK, look, I haven't watched the team the entire season. We've got our, our final league game. I need to be there in, 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 in person. I mean, it's like what happens when you got, you got the NetBank Cup final in Durban and fans of teams... They Make it a, a point to troop all the way to, to Durban to watch their teams. We're not doing enough of that in in in, in this league. Well, you, you, I mean, you guys have touched on on the whole, you know, I guess uh, multi-sport cities. And if you look at, at at the cheaters themselves, they're struggling a bit now. I mean, they're, yeah, they're now they're playing Pro 14 rugby. So how big of an impact is it going to be if with the cheaters struggling at the moment and then they lose two, uh, uh, you know... That's free state... You know, that's literally... I mean, I mean look at it this way. When, you know, we're going to roll back the years here. When Umtata Bushbucks mm. just left the league, yeah. Eastern Cape football was in a mess for a well over a decade. Well, yeah. well, I know they tried... Uh, what's that team where Sven Goran Eriksson's son uh, managed at some point? Um... Uh, um, uh, in, 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 in PE? Yeah, it was, it was in PE. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting the name. Before, yeah, it, 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 it will come back to me. But, you know, when the whole Nelson Mandela Bay, you know, revamped yeah. and the stadium and so forth, I'm, I'm forgetting the team name now, but we'll get back to it, you know. And the point that I'm making is that, you know, regional sports in our country you know, there is a bit of an economic boost as well there. Because, I mean, you look at Pretoria, for example, you know, you look at Sundowns, you look at uh, the Bulls, the success those franchises have had Titans, over the last, yeah. you know, the Titans in cricket, you know, sport really drives communities, you know, in that, um, in that uh, region. And I think that the team that I'm confusing, uh, um, 
not I know Pannoni Premier United at some point, but then. It became Bay United. That's it. Bay United. Yeah, Bay, United yeah. Bay United. That's the team I'm thinking about, right? It took like nearly two decades until Bay United came along after Mtata Bushbuck. So you're looking at free state football. And here's the other interesting impact of this is that, you know, talent is spread around the country. So what happens to these young, talented free state boys who are good at football? Who's going to go all the way to Free State to scout them when there's no professional setup? Yeah. There's no, you know, sort of setup leading towards the professional uh, um, angle or, 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 or I'll, let's I'll, say, I was quite pleased point to, to, see, to see the, the, in the, free the, state. the turnout um, for the cheaper game. Mm. Yes, you but know. where's that been the whole season? <laughs> so I think it would be devastating. You know, well, obviously, Free State Star's gone. So I, I think the league also has to look at it this way. They cannot allow, you know, Ajax, who, let's be fair, you know, messed themselves up, mm. you know, in finding themselves out of the PSL. And Bloom Celtic, who survived, yeah. and then get chucked out. It just doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, I mean, just, I guess, mismanagement... You know, this is my feeling. Uh, mismanagement, we need to stop sort of rewarding mismanagement, you know. And you look at Chipper United and look, congratulations to them for staying up. But how many seasons has been exactly the same story where literally mismanagement, you know, up until the end of the season, they stay up, you know. And there's nothing to say that's going to change come next season. So you look at Celtic and how, you know, you know how poorly some of their players have been treated. I mean, again, this is not, nothing that we are, you know, exposed to like you know face to face but you hear stories of how poor how poorly their players have been treated how poorly the staff members have been treated and how just how poorly the team is run and again we are not it doesn't seem like anything is being done to actually ensure that you know there's a, at least a warning to the but manager. you know who suffers the most the poor players that's, that, that's you know i mean the saying. poor players because the owner that's if they saying. buy him out or they fall under administration right he cashes it on the insurance of some sort and gets the bailout and then he's gone and then you've got what an entire club we're talking staff we're talking bus drivers we're talking you know massage therapists car video uh, physio people we're talking all sorts of people in the background staff plus the players who are out of jobs because of that so it's huge that free state stars uh, sorry, but Bloemfontein Celtic, you know, get their act together. And also now you, you've mentioned with Chippa United, hopefully, you know, they can see that, listen, our, you know, community, as in the club's community, people's jobs, people's salaries, you know, families, we yeah. support these people. So we have to do our due diligence in making sure that, listen, we stay stable and we're able to, you know, run a functional club because there are people that work here. Their lives, people's lives depend on the success of this team. So it'll be sad if Bloemfontein, because let's face it, if Ajax come and buy Bloemfontein Celtic, right? They're clearing out, right? They're bringing their own players and they're going back to Cape Town. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with um, Black Aces. So, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I guess that's really the story uh, that uh, we have to keep a close eye on between now and the start of next season. Three whole months, guys. Wow, it's just going to be such a long, long wait. But hey, we've got Kosafa uh, Cup and AFCON to keep us entertained as well. And um, uh, speaking of AFCON, uh, this is a, a comment that uh, Percy Dow, um, for those who don't know who Percy Dow is, uh, a, a diminutive man with a big heart and a fantastic talent, 
He made this comment after winning uh, the 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 was a player of the season in yeah, the, of the second season. division over in Belgium. Um, you know, I mean, I guess because the question has now been for a very long time, where is he going to play next season? What is he still doing in the second uh, division of Belgium? And his comment was, "How I perform at Afcon will say a lot about you know where my future is for next season." And I found that to be such a a great comment to make from someone who you know should be at this stage of his career enjoying the accolades that are coming in you know uh, enjoying the, the the exposure that he's getting both in south africa both in africa and of course in europe as well but he made a very good comment there because i think we can all agree that he should not still be playing belgian second division football next season but there's brighton his own team but just a bit of breaking news on brighton they have just sacked chris hute yeah, yeah they have so uh, and that that's now. the guy that brought him. So now, <laughs> there's that. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think that we should we should not be be, be too worried. Um, I mean, look, Persitao, one season was playing was not even he was not even anywhere near the league, mm -hmm. and then he played it in in uh, MDC, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he was playing playing and winning the Champions League and playing for Bafana and scoring goals and yeah. and then he's in Europe. You know, maybe maybe it's it's a good adjustment for him that last season because first of all he's been signed by a Premier League team. Mm. He probably doesn't have enough uh, in, his, in his caps to 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 make it into the the um, the work permit and all is, of that is, stuff. Is there no? Is there no? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, there's a, a case. For, there's a special permit that you can get if the team does submit. If you are if you are a special talent, which yeah. he is. Yeah. But the thing is that that he has gone to to Belgium where he has proven himself. Um, he's got the opportunity to focus on Bafana mm. for the next two months. Um, hopefully drive Bafana beyond the group stage into the, the knockout stage, there'll be other clubs watching. With what I saw saw him doing in Belgium, even if, if it's um, second division, it it's it's it shows a player it shows a player yeah. who who is comfortable wherever. Take him anywhere. Yeah. Put take him to to um, take him to the World Cup. It's a Celtic or something. You know, he will do yeah. well. So I, I think that Brighton most definitely will bring him because Brighton lacks that kind of cutting edge yeah. in that in their team, and I think that once Percy gets his chance, uh, maybe he does preseason with Brighton. Mm. Whoever is the new coach that they that they have, and I hope it's it's a coach that's not as direct as the English coaches. Probably get get they get one of these really coach, uh, good coaches that want to play football, then he will get his chance. So I, I, for me, I think that all of these um, concerns are misplaced. I have no reason, no no problem with him playing in second division. Your first year in Europe, you need adjustment. Some some players have moved, they moved to big, uh, they moved to big clubs and they've they found themselves you know lost. So. He's got one one year, one season under his belt where he's adjusted to life in Europe. Yeah. And I think he'll be fine. I think the other thing that with Percy Dow, where he can put a feather in his cap, is that, you know, back-to-back -back play of the seasons in yeah. different continents, yeah. that's not easy. Irrespective of it being Belgian second division, that is really something that, you know, puts scouts... If I have, on if I have one regret, is, uh, you know, if he was there yesterday, uh, yesterday, I'm sure Brighton would have beaten City and we would be the champions. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, That's just going back to my uh, final point on, on uh, Percy Tao is that, you know, that comment that he made says where the guy's confidence is. And I just hope for his sake that he just is able to just knuckle down and say, listen, 
the big leagues are up here in Europe. Yeah. Whether I go back to the Premier League or not, that's not out of my hands, but this is my landing spot and I'm ready to take on the world. And I think that's the sort of attitude and spirit that a lot of our you know, players locally, you know, are lacking. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we just had Deko Mudisa retire, uh, you know, over the weekend. You know, shout out to Deko. He was had a fantastic career. I, I just can't help think that the Percy Tao before Percy Tao, you know, was Deko Mudisa all those years ago. And, you know, he just never took that plunge. And who knows what could have happened. I mean, I know the one knock that, you know, scouts, you know, that have told me personally they've had on Southern African players was just our frame and our build were smaller players. But then I watched the Iniestas and Chavis of this world tear up, you know, yeah. the rest of the world. And I think that's the sort of style of play or mold of players that we have in our country. So I look at Percy Town, I'm thinking, you know what? There's still, you know, uh, countries out there where his sort of style of play and, you know, what he brings to the game will be much greatly appreciated. And I think, I look at a club like Rangers in Scotland, right? The owner of Rangers is, a, is, a, is Scottish, but, you know, resides in South Africa. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't be surprised if he picks wind. And I know he's a football fan, he picks wind of, hey, you know, Percy Dow, Steven Gerrard, can you just... Have a look at this guy. He's from my, you know, where I come from. Yeah. Just plug him in there. So I think there's still enough for Percy Tao to just still flourish in Europe outside of the Premier League. And I'm glad that he's taken that responsibility or that he's shown that courage to say, you know what, I actually want to plant my flag here and I'm not running back to Sundowns to come and cash in. Yeah. Absolutely. So we certainly do wish him all the best uh, as far as his personal career is concerned. Of course, we'll be watching closely. I'm uh, looking forward to Afcon because of Percy Tao. So, yeah. so it's been a long time since watch Africa, out for him. It's been a long time since South Africa have had a, a player who's been closely watched by the rest of the continent as Percy Tao is at the moment. So we're certainly looking forward to uh, Bafana's challenge come uh, Afcon 2019. Of course, we're getting closer uh, to uh, the spectacle over in Egypt. For now, though, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have a look at what Europe has had in store for us up till now.